Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Today, I want to talk about what it means to be a contagious church. Now, now when, I'm, when I speak of the contagious church, I'm not talking about a building, right? When you walked in here, there was no cross on top of this building, right? We didn't have stained glass windows or anything like that. You walked into a school. Am I right about it? That is evidence alone that the church is everywhere and anywhere. It's not the building. It's the people. And you are the church. And you all, as a representation and as ambassadors of God, need to be contagious. The scripture reading today is coming from Luke 13, verses 18 and 21. Luke 13, verses 18 and 21. You find these two parables. Then Jesus said, What is the kingdom of God like? Hmm, how can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree, and the birds make nests in its branches. Let me pause there. Let me give you a visual. Have any of you ever seen a mustard seed? Some of you all have. Those who haven't. I wish I had one. I used to have a necklace charm that somebody gave me a long time ago, and it had a mustard seed in it. The thing was so small, I thought I just had a charm until I looked at it very closely. It is extremely tiny. Now, there were two types of mustard seed that were prevalent in this area in this time. There was one mustard seed that when planted, there was a black mustard seed that when planted, the bush would grow up to about 12 feet. This tiny, tiny seed looks more like a small, tiny grain would grow up to about 12 feet. Now, then there's another uh, seed that they had that was very prevalent during that time that when it planted and got to its full maturity, reached 25 feet in the air. A tiny mustard seed grain could reach 25 feet in the air. Now, I don't know which one this was, but 12 feet is big enough for me. A tiny seed growing up to 12 feet in height, providing food, providing shelter, providing a whole bunch of stuff for a whole bunch of people for generations to come. Wow, look how big our God is. Let me continue with scripture. I just wanted to give you the visual so you know just how small this thing was and how big it became. Watch this. Verse 20. He also asked, what else is the kingdom like? Hmm. It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. 
Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Now, I asked my wife if I could borrow some of her yeast for an illustration today. My wife makes fresh bread, y'all, and it's good. If you've never had it, you can certainly come over and I'll hook you up. But she said no. So I'm sorry I don't have that illustration today because she she needs her yeast for her bread, and I like eating her bread, so I didn't argue that. However, if you want to see how small the seed of a yeast, the the, the yeast seed is, if you want to see just how tiny it is, I invite you to go right across here in the same parking lot almost to Kroger, get a little pack of yeast, pour a little bit out, and you will see just how tiny it is. But wait till I give you the illustration of how powerful it is. Watch this. She says, he, uh, Jesus says, he also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? Hmm. It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Let me explain what the three measures were. Watch this. She put a tiny bit of yeast in three measures. That three measures that they're talking about was 40 pounds of flour. She put a little bit of yeast in about 40 pounds of flour. By the time she mixed it all together, it could feed over 100 people. Tiny grain of yeast in 40 pounds of flour able to feed 100 people. Now, we know that Jesus took a couple loaves and some fish, and they had a fish fry for about 5,000 people. We know that story. This is a different story in itself. And he's using this to tell these people, hey, let me share, to you, share with you what the kingdom of God is like. The parable of the mustard seed and the parable of yeast both teach an essential lesson, my brothers and sisters. You've got to get this because everything I say ties back to this essential lesson. The essential lesson of the mustard seed, the essential lesson of the yeast is growth. Plain and simple, growth. And when I say that, I'm not talking about church. Because remember, you are the church. And your first temple that you praise in is your body. So growth in you is what I'm talking about. When he's talking about about the mustard seed and he's talking about the yeast, he is the essential lesson in this entire thing is growth. And the growth starts with you. This church will not grow if you don't grow. You can't grow if you don't spend time in the word. Your people around you that you love and care about, your community can't grow until you first grow. And I think all of us can grow in certain areas. I, I, I'm the first one to raise my hand and I'm the pastor. I can certainly grow in areas. We all can grow. So it begins with us. This whole lesson is about growth. Don't miss this. If you are taking notes, here's what I want to share with you. If you're taking notes, God uses small things to, 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 to accomplish big results. He uses small things to accomplish big results. If you look at any of the stories he told, and if you look at the examples of people, remember he talked about the lady who only had a few coins, small. And he talked about how he blessed. Remember when he, when, when he fed 5,000 or 3,000 with a few loaves, small. He uses small things. He uses little things. He uses less than to do greater for. And I'm talking about you. 
I'm not talking about things. I'm talking about you. People who felt that they were unqualified. That was me a long time ago. People who felt uh, not, not good enough. Yeah, small things to do great things. If, if we look at the disciples that hung out with Jesus, OMG, they were like the, the rat pack. He had a tax collector. They were worse than sinners. He had somebody who had anger management problems. Y'all know about Peter cutting people's ear off? Come on, y'all better read the Bible. He had thugs hanging out with him and people that were worse than sinners. He uses small things for maximum impact. Oh, man, this is getting good. I'm not preaching yet. Here's the second thing I want to share with you. Second thing I want to share with you. God uses small things. This is the best part. To benefit the world. Not you. Mm -mm. He doesn't use small things to benefit you. And too many of us got that wrong. You know? Too many of us get that wrong. We get blessed and we are blessed. Right, but you are blessed to be a, thank you. You are blessed to be a blessing. God didn't bless you for yourself. God didn't bless you so you can get to come up. He blessed you so you can go out. So somebody else can come up and then they too can help somebody else come up. He blessed you to be a blessing. And too many of us miss this. That is the essence of growth. When you grow, other people around you should grow. If you're in a circle of friends and you're the only one growing, there's a problem. Everybody should grow to the point where there's no room. We got we to gotta move and expand our territory. Growth should happen for your whole crew, not just you. And that's the way God designed it. Think about the disciples, right? Jesus hung out with them for three years, shared all of his business, shared all of his stuff with them, showed them how to perform miracles, took them places they had never been before, did some amazing things with them, and then he died, was resurrected, and then once he died and was resurrected, remember this, watch this. They saw Jesus feed 3,000, then 5,000. That's 8,000 plus, right? Jesus died, was resurrected. These guys went. Peter stood up in front of people, started preaching. 5,000 plus people came to Christ that day. That day. See how fast the kingdom was growing? He did even greater things through them. See, when you, when, you, <laughs> when you grow, everybody around you grows. That's the essential part of this lesson. Here's what I want to share with you. In order for this thing to work, y'all, Jesus has some expectations of us. There's things we got to do that require more than Sunday morning worship, that require more than being a faithful tither or giver, that require more than serving in church. There are some ex- things that he expects of us. And they're going to sound, I'm just going to be really honest with you, they're going to sound so trivial, but they're some of the hardest things that we, we don't do. It's some of the hardest things that we miss. Here's what he expects, if you are taking notes, Jesus expects for us to catch his vision. Oh, man, that's easy, Pastor B. I thought you was going to say something deep. Oh, it gets deep. It might hurt even a little bit. Jesus expects for us to catch his vision. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, back that up for me. What is his vision again? He said, I came not to be served. I came so that I may serve others. 
Let's start there. If you catch that part, you begin to catch his vision. Jesus wants people that are desperate for other people. He wants people that are desperate for the underdog just like he is. He wants people that are desperate for lost or disconnected people as much as he is. He wants people that will give everything they can and count the cost later. He wants people that will be first responders to people who are in need. He wants people that will give all they have in order to follow him. He wants people that will give their very lives in order to build the kingdom of God and not themselves. Are there any people like that today? That is the essence of his vision. He wants people to catch that. People to say, you know what? I don't care about what culture says. I'm going to do it the Jesus way. I don't care about what the world says. I'm going to do it Jesus way. He wants people that are not changed. He wants people that are transformed. I get tired of hearing people say we need to be agents of change. And let me tell you something. We're not agents of change. We're recipients of change. We need to be agents of transformation. Do you know that when you change, you can change again? Once you change, you can change back to that other thing. But when you are transformed, you are never the same. Your image is different. People don't see you the same. Your name is changed and written in the book of heaven. Transformation is different than change. He wants transformed people. Are there any transformed people here today? Now I'm preaching. This is what he wants. That is his vision. And if you are transformed, if you are trans, and how do you get transformed? Huh? I'm not going to, listen, I'm going to just keep it straight biblical. We are transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. And how can we renew our mind? We got to get in the word. We've got to be in the word every single day. But that's not enough. I'm going to do my infomercial pitch. But wait, it's more. We can't just be in the word, right? We can't just memorize scripture and don't apply it. Uh Uh-oh. And that's the part we miss is application. Oh, man, it feels good to be a part of this thing called Christianity. But are you applying what the word is saying to your life? Matter of fact, can your friends, can your coworkers, can even your family look and say, you know what? You are a different person because you don't just read the word. You're the living word. Catch his Vision, that is an expectation. That is not an option. He expects that from you. If you call yourself a Christian, he expects that from you today. Here's the second thing he expects. This is also another hard one. It is. I'm just being honest. Especially in, in our culture, in our country, it's, it's very difficult. We are in one of the most free lands in the world. We are, listen, if you live in America, and I say this every week, and I'm going to keep saying it until y'all get it. And believe it, if you have access to running water, you have more than one outfit in your closet, you have options in terms of clothes, you have access to public transportation, you have shelter over your head. Do you know that you are rich? I ain't, not me. I don't own nothing. I ain't rich. My bank account is zero, negative zero. Let me tell you something. You got a bank account, you, you in the 1%. 
You have a bank account. Even if it's negative, you got a bank account. That means they checked your background. They checked your history. They said you're credit worthy. Let this person have an account with our banking financial institution. Do you know there are people in the world that still put their stuff under their bed and in a jar because they can't get a bank account? Y'all may not know them. Y'all are privileged. I get that. My point is this. If you have access to running water, you have access to public transportation, access to it, access to transportation, more than one outfit in your closet, access to free public education, shelter over your head. You are among, good news, here's the news, you are among the world's richest 1%. You are among the wealthiest 1% of the world's population. So I dare you to walk around saying you're not rich. There's a reason why people are busting their tails, risking literally their lives to get to the American border. Why? Because we're rich. And because we're rich, we miss this second important point. Ready? Y'all ready? Here it is. He expects us to put the kingdom first in our lives. Y'all heard that before. This ain't new, right? Put the kingdom first in our lives. Wow. Well, well, what does that mean? Exactly, Pastor B, to put the kingdom first in our lives. The seed of the gospel will produce fruit, but only if the fruit falls on good soil. And in in other words, I'm going to think about my people the same way Jesus thinks about my people. In other words, I'm going to love my people the same way Jesus loves my people. In other words, I'm going to forgive my people the same way Jesus forgave me. Let me break it down a little bit further so that you can understand what I'm trying to say. I don't care if somebody uh, and uh, disagreed with you or someone offended you, you should still offer them the same forgiveness that Jesus offers you. Because here's the thing, if you've been offended, chances are you've offended somebody else. And I guarantee you offended somebody else and did not go asking for forgiveness. Chances are you can offend somebody, watch this, without knowing it. And I guarantee you did not go saying, you know what, forgive me. I think I may have offended you. And we don't offer the same forgiveness to others that Jesus offers to us. Huh? How many times have we offended him? Don't, don't answer that. I don't want to judge you because I will. Often, I've offended him. You've offended him. Yet, he forgives us. And we, forget, we, we, we offend our brothers and sisters knowingly and unknowingly. And, and then when they offend us, we want to hold a grudge. I saw something the other day. It was so beautiful. It was a man and his wife holding hands. And, 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 and the captor said, hold hands, not grudges. And I said, you know what? That's good because it doesn't just apply to married folk. It applies to all of us. Holding hands, loving each other. Do you know what that means to love each other? Unconditionally. In other words, I don't care if you're filthy rich or filthy broke. I love you. I don't care if you're black or you're white. I love you. I don't care if you're straight or you're gay. Don't walk out this door. I love you. 
I don't care about your issues. That's for Jesus to worry about. He only gave me one command, and that's to love unconditionally. And I think that once I get to heaven, if I get there, once you get to heaven, if you get there, when he goes through the list of things that we were supposed to do, at the top of the list will be, did you love? You may go with your list, I served here, I gave to the homeless man, I did this, I did that, I went to church every Sunday, I didn't miss, I sang, I set up, I did this. But he's going to say, but did you love? And I think that's what it boils down to. I love my Muslim brothers the same way I love my Christian brothers. I love all people. It's for Jesus to decide who gets the pass, not for me. I'm not a judge. I'm a lover. That's true. I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> and that's what he wants. And when we put the kingdom first, we put love first. That's all I'm saying. That's all Jesus is saying. Put love first. And when you put love first, you're looking at your heart first. You're not asking, well, what would Jesus do? You're literally saying, I'm going to do what Jesus did. You don't have to ask that question. That was the stupidest thing to ever come out. What would Jesus do? No, he already did what he was going to do. I'm sorry if it offended anybody. <laughs> but really, what would he do? We already know. If you pick up the Bible, you know what he did. Not what would he do. He already did what he was going to do. It's done. It's finished. Good Lord, help me out this morning. I'm losing friends. <laughs> Matthew 6, says, therefore, we need to put the kingdom of God first. When we make a decision, ma- minor or major, the kingdom of God should be the first thing we think about. Not what our peers will say. Not what the boss will say. Not what our neighbors will say, not even what the pastor will say. The kingdom comes first. And God, if this is a part of your plan for my life, if what I'm getting ready to do lines up with what you have in store for me, God, you will make it obvious. You will make it plain. And I will go where you have me to go because you promise to be a light on the path that I walk on. You promise that, God. And because you promise that, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put the kingdom before I put my own stuff first. Any major or minor decision, uh, 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 men, husbands, and those soon-to-be husbands or want-to-be husbands, do you know your biggest responsibility is to be the spiritual head of your house? You may think it's being a provider. You may think it's being a protector. Most of you think it's being a lover. No, it's being the spiritual head of your house because if you, won't, you don't have that part in order, everything else don't matter. You are a pastor. You're the pastor of your home address. Your congregation is your wife and your children. Brothers, if you're not married, get that now. Let that marinate in your system. The biggest and most important thing in terms of putting the kingdom first in your life is putting God first and being the spiritual head. You will ultimately decide where y'all worship. You will. And your wife may not like it at first, but it's your responsibility to show them that God exists in the place where you worship. Amen. I'll, I'll leave that alone for the next marriage sermon that I do. That, that's a good one I'm going to preach. I'll be ready for that. Here's the third point. Jesus expects us to catch his vision. He expects us. It's not an option. It's not a, it's not a, a check the box thing. He expects us to put the kingdom first in our lives. Here's the best part. He expects us 
to do our part to spread it. Spread what, Pastor B? Spread the life-giving message of Christ. He expects us to be out there telling people about what he's done for us. He doesn't expect us, expect us, sorry about that, to walk around with little tracks tricking people. Saying, hey, like this one guy did to me, I got to tell you all this story again. It's so funny to me. The guy had money rolled up. It looked like real money. And he says, hey, man, you know, I just want to give you some. You look, you know, you just look like God is telling me I need to give this to you. And I, was, I needed some money. I'm not going to lie. I didn't have lunch money or something that day. I know I needed it. Whatever that money was rolled up, I know my mouth began to salivate a little bit. My heart began to palpitate just a little bit faster. You know, I was a little excited and anxious. You know what I mean, Ron? I mean, I thought he was about to bless me with some money. And I was like, man, thank you, man. Thank you. I didn't even look at him. Once he handed me that folded up what looked like money, all I saw was green and it looked like legitimate money. That was it. I was on my way. He's like, wait, but wait, wait, wait. Are you going to open it? I was like, I don't need to open it. It could be a dollar. A dollar is good for me today. I don't care about the value. I just want the money. Thank you. If it's my blessing, let me go about my way, brother. Why are you harassing me? Give me my money. Let me go. So then he says, open it up, brother. I want you to see the value, just how much I've given you. And so I opened up that, what I thought was money, and I looked at it, and it was some scripture and some other stuff about just how valuable I am to Christ. I wanted to punch that brother in his face, and I was saved then, too. I'm not going to lie. I about to say, man, don't you play with me like that, and I need this money. Matter of fact, give me your money. Run your pockets. Now, I'm just... <laughs> You know, when you get desperate, you do desperate things. I wasn't going to have him run his pockets, but I did feel it a little bit in my spirit. I was like, the spirit of Peter is upon me. I'm going to cut your ear and take your money. (laughs) Somebody help me, Lord. He doesn't want us to do that, walking around tricking people. He wants us to be authentic in spreading the gospel. And authentic authenticity is just you saying how God has blessed you. And I can look across this room, and I don't know everybody's personal testimony, but I can guarantee there are some people who've been tested and now have a testimony as a result of passing said test. There are some tested people in here with testimony, and that's what he wants you to share Because that, my brothers and sisters, is the good news. Let me share this scripture about spreading it. Luke 13, 21. It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures, 40 pounds of flour, it permeated every single part of the dough. That little bit spread far and wide, so much so that hundreds of people were able to eat from this loaf of bread that she made out of it. Adding yeast to the flour completely changes its composition. Let me make it plain. Adding the gospel to your life completely changes your composition. If you apply the gospel to your life, adding it to your daily ritual, you shouldn't look the same because you don't act the same because you are not the same. Remember what I said. God is not searching for change, people. He's looking for transformed people. Thank you, Tia. 
Y'all remember Transformers. One, one moment the thing was a car and the next thing was a robot. It didn't look the same. You may have saw headlights, but it wasn't the same. It was a totally different thing. That's what he wants. He wants us to be Transformers, Autobots and Octagons and all of those things. I don't remember their names. I used to like it, Optimus Prime and stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He wants us to literally take, he don't want us to memorize a whole bunch of scripture. He's not asking everybody to be preachers. Let me clear that up. He's not asking everybody to be apostles. Let me fix that. Certainly not everybody's going to be a worshiper. Mm -mm. He's not asking everybody to do these great things. Not everybody's supposed to be an elder. But we all have a tongue to confess. We all have a mouth to tell a story. We all have a voice to share it with every people, with all people. We can amplify our story to the masses. Sometimes it start with those people that are closest to you. This is why I asked you to take just one car today. Because that's who you're going to share your story with. That's what you're going to tell about how good God has been in your life and the many miracles he's performed. No matter how big or small, you have a miracle in your life that God has performed. And all he's saying is share that. Share that. Share that. Peter stood up there, hadn't preached a message before in his life, was overcome with the Spirit. Something led him to just stand up there and speak to strangers with different languages, different cultures, different backgrounds, and began quoting Scripture like he knew what he was doing. All of a sudden, people said, that sounds good. I want to be a part of that. Do you know how that started? Now today, 2.18 billion people still call themselves Christians because this man who had never preached a sermon in his life wasn't very skilled with scripture stood up there and said I got something to say let me tell you something 2.18 billion people are Christians that's one third of the entire world population all from Jesus who met some fishermen some sinners and some other people and said yo y'all want to hang I want to show y'all something and the 12 grew to 150 and the 150 grew to a couple hundred and a couple hundred grew to a couple thousand. And now today, 2.18 billion people call themselves Christians. And it all started with a little yeast and a mustard seed. Oh, y'all going to get that in your spirit. All because somebody spoke up about it. Here's what I want to finish with. Here's what I want to finish with. Allow... The leaven of the kingdom to permeate your heart and your life. What is the leaven? The leaven is that stuff that makes it grow. The leaven is the yeast. Allow the yeast of the gospel message to permeate your life. So that when people look at you, there's something completely different than the rest of the world. And they want some. You have to be contagious. You have to be contagious. So contagious that, that there, is, there is nothing that can prevent what God has on you for, uh, from others getting. You have to be contagious. Allow the word to produce fruit in your life. So that you become. So that you become. And an influence in the kingdom of God. Allow the word to produce fruit 
in your life? How do you allow the word to produce fruit? You don't leave here and say, man, that was a good sermon. Man, that was good. No, you leave here saying, that was a good sermon. Let me go back and listen to the podcast and see exactly how I can begin to make that a reality in my life today so that others can benefit from the real, authentic, pure word of God. How can I apply this to my life and make it work daily? That's how. You make the difference. That's how you produce fruit in your life. Here's the final point. This is what I want y'all to do. This is good right here. In all of this that we're talking about, these parables, next week we're, we're coming up on Easter. Easter Sunday is the most attended Sunday morning service in the world. People who, who don't go to church, listen, people go to church. They, it's on their calendar. Easter, I'm going to church, whether it be because of tradition, whether it be because that's what I'm supposed to do. There's something in them that says, Easter, if I don't go any other Sunday, I got to go Easter, and I got to get a new suit, or I got to get a new outfit, I got to look good, I got to give me some Easter eggs. I don't know what that's about, but we'll talk. That's actually some Christian history with that, real talk. There's Christian history. Now, the Easter bunny, there's, I don't know where the Easter bunny came from, but the eggs have something to do with Christi- Christian history believe it or not. But the Easter bunny, I don't know where that rascal came from. Fertilization? Spring? Okay, I'll take it. I don't know. Where did chocolate come from in it? All right, we're going to go too far. <laughs> and jelly beans. Jelly beans. We're gonna, we, we'll figure this thing out. But here, here's, with all that's going on, we see Christians in this world dying today. They're, they're, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I hate to scare y'all, but I have to say this, and then I got to wrap. This is a real deal, y'all. In case y'all have not been paying attention, there is a real, genuine threat on anybody in this world who calls themselves a Christian. We may look at the news and say, oh, man, that's happening over there. No, they are here. There are cells of these people that are part of the Islamic State. I'm being very honest with you that will, they want to kill us, not because we're Americans. No, it's not an American thing. It's a Christian thing. You got to understand, America is a Christian nation, although you can worship any religion you want in this country or not, (laughs) you know, and you won't be persecuted. This is a Christian nation. Read the Constitution. How many times do they talk about God? How many times do they quote Scripture? Read, look at your dollar bill. Who does it say? It doesn't say in the president we trust. It doesn't say in Obama we trust. It says in who? In God we trust. This is a Christian nation. That's what they're after. There is a real, genuine, authentic threat against you and I today. It's not just overseas. Don't get it twisted today. We need to be praying like never before. We need to be trying to get other people to be a part of this like never before. Because the more they speak their rhetoric, and people are literally, I'm being honest, they're not changed. The people that join these groups, they're transformed. They're transformed. You can come on up here for the worship. They're transformed to the point where I'm going to kill myself or somebody else so that I can get my point across that this life is the best way. But fear not. Fear not, my brothers and sisters. Fear not. Because here's what you need to do. Remain confident. Why? Because what began as a mustard seed will definitely become a great tree. In case you don't know this, I'm going to give you some history. Islam was birthed out of Christianity, literally. 
that religion was founded from Christianity hundreds and hundreds of years after Jesus died and was resurrected. That's the truth. What began as a seed will grow into a big tree. And that's this faith that we call Christianity. That's you as a person. That's Mosaic Church. No longer am I trying to grow this church, y'all. I'm trying to build this city. God has a mandate on us, y'all, and it's outside of these walls. He wants us to build this city within an eight-mile radius. Are y'all with me this morning? Final thing, be confident in. Be confident that what started in a small portion of the loaf will eventually spread throughout the world. I envision one day some of these radical people that are killing Christians, that just one, one will be transformed, will be transformed by the word of God. Before they do something radical and kill a Christian, somebody will speak and claim and profess the blood of Jesus over one of those rascals. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor V said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.